Have you ever been driving and you go down the wrong road or go down the wrong way and you come to a dead end? Have you ever done that before? I know I have. I've been traveling and done something and I came to a dead end road, a dead end situation. And, and back in the day, you had to pull like a map out. Some of you don't know what a map is, like an atlas. You had to pull, it was actually a physical book. It folded out, you put it in a glove box. Now we grab our phone and, and recompute and try to and turn around and get back on track. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been to times in my life that comes to dead-end situations. Have you ever been in some type of dead-end situation in your life? You know, the Bible are full of characters who've come to dead-end situations where God showed up and delivered them. One of the guys that come to my mind is Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old, and he wants to have a child, and he, him and his wife said, never had a kid before, and, and God appears basically to him and says, I'm going to give you a son. And he's like, how in the world is that possible? I'm 75 years old. This is a dead-end situation. They're past childbearing age. This cannot happen. And uh, Abraham believes. Okay, God, if that's what you want to happen, give me a son. Let's get a son. Could you imagine at year 80, five years later, still no son. At age 90, still no son. At 95, he still has no son. Could you imagine at year 99, <laughs> right, 99, okay, God, where are you at? Still no son. But at a year 100, when Abraham turned 100 years old, guess what happened? God gave him a son. What looked like a dead end became a deliverance and opportunity for God to use it in his life. Now, fast forward even to uh, the Israelites. They're in bondage, you know, thinking this is a dead end situation. We're enslaved to the Egyptian. God sends a deliverer, sends Moses. Think about Moses. He goes out into the desert, takes him to the Red Sea, and he gets to the Red Sea, and he's blocked, and he can't get across to the next level, and all of a sudden looks behind him, and here comes the Egyptians running after them. He's like, God, you brought us all the way to this point, to a dead-end situation to not deliver us at this point. We might as well should have stayed right there in Egypt. But then God told Moses, and he took his staff, and he put his staff into the Red Sea, and God split the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry ground. You see, when there's a dead-end situation in your life, God is using that moment to bring a deliverance for you. Now, fast forward to today. Some of you right now are going, well, I'm not really crossing the Red Sea. So you not think, well, I've not really waited 25 maybe years, maybe so, uh, for a son to be born. But there are some dead-end words in our life like cancer, divorce, infertility. I don't love you anymore. You're fired. Unemployment. We can go on and on and on. There are dead-end words in our life today that we come to a dead end. We think that life may be over. We think the situation is over. We thought we were going down one way, but then all of a sudden we hit a dead-end moment in our life. And now today, we have a word called COVID. Who even knows when this is going to end and how it's going to end and, and the time frame it's going to end. you got like COVID, it seems like a dead-end situation because I can't do what I want to do. I can't go where I want to go. I can't be really who I want to be. And all of a sudden, we're stuck in this moment with COVID. And then now it affects us here, right? The church. Something that you were, you know, taught as a little kid that you never miss Sunday morning. You gather on Sunday morning. You better be on church on Sunday morning. For some of you, it might have been Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, could you imagine that? And now that's kind of taken away from you. You don't gather the way you used to gather. You, you're out of routine, and now life has changed. You're like, man, this is a dead-end situation. How, how come things haven't changed? When are we going to get just back to the things that they used to be or the way that they used to be? You see, with God, there's never a dead end. It may look like a dead end, but he's setting you up for deliverance. It may look like a dead end, but there may be some delay, but God will come through because the, the way with God is always, always, always forward. But what do you do now? What do you do right now? See, some of you right now, you're still living in the past. 
you say things like this. I just wish it was normal again. I wish we could just get back to normality. And if you sit there for a moment, think about it. You mean you want to go back to the things that you always complained about? You used to complain about that you never spent time with your family and now they're always with you. You used to complain that you never got to see your husband because he was always working, he was always busy, but now he's been home for several weeks and you get to see him. You always complain about the commute to work and I just can't, I don't want to drive to work. I hate driving to work. Now you just can't wait to get in the car and just drive anywhere, right? So you really want to go back to the things that you always complain about, the, 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 the normal and then some of you, you look to the preferred future. You're thinking about the future. You're thinking about tomorrow. You think about the new normal. Someday when we get medication, someday when we get vaccine, if you're watching this in the future, it's crazy right now. Just Google 2020. If Google is still around and figure out what happened, it's just crazy. Everybody, it's, just, it's, it's insane. But some of you like, when is it going to get back to the new normal? When we have a vaccine or when this all passes away and when everything changes and when I can go back into the routine that I've always had, what does the new normal look like? And, and we was thinking about that and it just hit me. So many people who live in the past, I want normal. Somebody wants the new normal, but what about the now? What about right now? What about this moment right now? See, that's the problem. We're so focused on the past, so focused on the future. You miss living today. You miss being a mom today, a dad today, a husband today, a friend today, and a coworker today. What about now? And so that's what this series is about. What do we do now? What takes place in the new now? Because all through the history and all through life, all through the Bible, there seems to be dead end situations. Could you imagine the cross? The cross was a dead end moment, right? It's over. The politicians won. The religious people won. But it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And then you got the tomb. The tomb is where dead things go, where dead people go, where dreams die, where hope is lost. <laughs> you thought the tomb is over. It, it's Friday, but man, Sunday's coming. You remember the story about Lazarus and, and Martha and the situation? I can see Jesus saying, Martha, I know you want to get back to normal. I know you thought if I was here, your brother would have not died. And I know you want normality. I know you want to get back to normal. And I know that in the end, when the resurrection comes, when we raise him back to life, uh, that will be the new normal. But Martha, don't miss now. Like the new now is standing in front of you right now. I am present. I am here. I am the resurrection and the life. You see, Martha, you thought the resurrection was an event. The resurrection is a person, and I'm right here in front of you. And you know what she says? She makes this comment. Even now, you could do whatever God wants you to do. What about now? Don't miss now. See, the now, the new now, is where God turns crucifixions into resurrections, where God does birth something like in our lives that we see, like I thought it was dead, I thought it was over, but God did something and delivered, and he came through in an unbelievable way. And when we think about this, you think about, well, what about the church? What's the next step for the church? What do we do now? How do we build community in a COVID world? How does that even happen? How, how can you even do that? We have restrictions and we have people on both sides and on every side and every side and every which side. And everyone's become an expert now. It's amazing. Everyone's an expert in, in viruses and diseases. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's everybody's got like a master's degree now and all this stuff, right? No one knows who to believe. And everybody talks super, you know, smart and they just copy and paste and, and all these kids. Like who, who even knows? What do you do now? How does the church operate now? Like, what are we supposed to do at this moment right now? And I started thinking about that. And so I started thinking about church history, and I can't wait for this series because we'll talk a little bit about that and you know what happens in the church. If you think about the church, what, what took place in the church back in the beginning of the birth of the church? They had no political power. They had no money, had no finances, had no building. They had no clout. They had, they had nothing they could do to persuade the world. They, they're now following a rabbi who was hung on the cross. You believe they saw him after he got up out of the grave. What did they do now? 
Jesus stands there in Acts chapter 1, and he talks to them what's happened. And all of a sudden, right before their eyes, he's lifted up into the heavens. And everybody's watching now their, their Messiah, their king now be exalted. And, and now he's hidden by a cloud. And now two guys standing in white angels standing beside him going, what's wrong, guys? What are you waiting on? What are you doing? Go. He's coming. The power, all the stuff. And in Acts 1, there's 120 of them gathered together. They probably all were wearing masks. I'm just kidding. I don't know if they were wearing masks. The women probably were. They probably had hair covering. But that's another whole thing. We'll get to that. In the, I can't wait to talk about that in this series. Ooh, it's going to be so much fun, right? But what do we do now? Peter stands up, and he talks to him, and we got to replace one of the, you know, Judas and, and all this stuff. And there's 120 of them gathered. Like, what are we going to do? This seems like a dead-end situation. They told us to wait. What are we waiting on? We just saw our king get, you know, lifted up behind the cloud. Is he coming back? We don't know if he's coming back. Seems like a dead-end moment. But then Pentecost happens, and now they're sitting here, they're together, all together, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, they thought a hurricane was coming. They thought a tornado was coming. A mighty rushing wind came, united the church, and at that very moment, the church was birthed. And Peter stands up in Acts chapter 2, and he preaches a message, and 3,000 people were saved and baptized in one day. The church went from a mega church, 120 people back then, that's a, that's a large gathering, Right? It went from 120 people to 3,120 people in one day. One day. Folks, 3,000 people is a lot of people. You know, this year in 2020, we were anticipating this past Easter that almost 4,000 people, 4,000 people would come to one of our physical locations. And all of a sudden, the rug gets jerked out from under us. We can't meet as a church. And here I'm sitting there going, man, we would have reached 4,000 people. Man, how many people would have gotten saved but because of quickness of the team and thinking about how we're going to do this, guess what? We didn't reach 4,000 people. We reached thousands upon thousands upon. We reached way more people, way more people heard the gospel. My husband, who would not get up and go to church on Easter Sunday, sat there on the sofa with his wife and his family and heard the gospel being preached. We reached thousands of more people. See, we thought it was a dead end, but then God said, I got something else planned. I'm going to do something through this that you have no idea what I am up too. And so I started thinking about this. What did the early church do? They went from 120 people to 3,000 people. They had no buildings. They had no place to meet. They didn't have a physical place where they could gather and do this. What did they do? Do you know? The Bible tells us what they did. And so as with that, as we're going through this new series, I thought, well, what did the church do when they had no building? What did the church do when they couldn't meet? Sometimes in, in some places in the world right now, it is illegal illegal for people to congregate. Like, we're like, hey, keep it a 10, keep it a 15. If you do, just keep your distance. They would love to have that. They're in hiding right now in underground churches and house churches and home churches all over the world. They would die just to have a fragment of our Bible. If they could just tear one of the pages out of our Bibles and give them, they would love to have that. And we have seven or eight on our shelves just collecting dust. And then we complain and we try to make it all about politics and all this stuff that's taking place when people literally would just love just to gather in a hole in their ground somewhere and just talk about Jesus. And so I'm sitting there thinking, what did they do in the beginning? So he tells us this. Look what happens in Acts chapter 2. It says this, 3,000 people to save, 3,100 people in the church. Where are we going to put it? Are we going to build a building? Are we going to do a capital campaign? What are we going to do? Look what happened. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. We're going to get in God's Word and listen to it. Now, they didn't have the New Testament like we had the New Testament. They had fragments probably of the Old Testament stuff, but most of it was just orally passed down. They would listen to what Jesus taught the apostles, and the apostles taught the people, and they fellowship, they break the bread and prayer, and they, this reverence came upon them of all and everyone, and many of the wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. All who believed were together, and they held everything in common. 
And they begin selling their property and the possessions and distributing to the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. And every day they continue to gather together by common consent in one accord, in one agreement, in one mind, your translation may say. Where? In the temple courts, plural. Why is it courts? Because one court can hold 3,000 people. Breaking bread from house to house, sharing the food with glad, humble hearts, praising God, having goodwill of all the people, and the Lord... And the Lord was adding to their number every single day those who were being saved. And I was sitting there thinking about it. Man, if this is the church where God birthed the church, they had no building, had no place to meet, how was they going to do this? How do we do this now in the new now? How do we do this when, when, when things, when all the restrictions and the red tape and all the stuff and how to keep people saved? What do you do now? And then this verse, oh, this, this verse just really changed the perspective. And really this verse is, is the theme for this series. I may, honestly, it may be the theme for the rest of the entire year that you may hear me talk about this verse right here. Isaiah 43, verse 19, God's speaking. Listen what he says. Look, I'm about to do something new. Now, isn't it awesome? I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something new in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your kids, in the education. I'm about to do something new in the church. I'm about to do something new in the world. And then look what the next word says. Now it begins. Oh, did you see that? The new now. I'm about to do something new. Now it begins. Now it's about to happen. And look what it says. Do you not recognize it? See, listen, here's the problem. That part right there, here's the problem. We're so worried about things, wishing we'd go back to normal. We're all waiting for the vaccine for the new normal, and we miss now. Do you not see what God's doing now? Do you know that God has saved people almost every single week since we haven't met physically in the building? He's still saving people. Do you know that because of our generosity as a church, a big C church, that this region has almost been blessed with over extra $30,000 worth of resources to family? The church is still moving. The church has not retreated. Even now, do you not recognize it? And the problem is we turn so much to the negative stuff of the media, so much what people says on Facebook. Everyone's trying to get a degree and become a, 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 I don't even know what they call them, somebody study viruses. I don't even know what that means. Talk to someone smart. They can tell you about that, right? Everyone now has a doctor. They're a friend to a doctor. They know a doctor. They become a doctor. Everyone has a PhD and something about it. And what happens is you miss God moving now. Do you not recognize it? Do you not see him doing something now in your family, in your marriage, in your relationships? Do you not see it now? And then he goes on and says this, yes, I will make a road in the wilderness. I'll make a road, a path in dry places, in wastelands. You see, something new now is beginning. And I want you to see this because God's gonna make a way in dry times. God's gonna make a way during COVID times. And that's what really hit me. I, I thought about this. The new now is a new way. That's what the new now is. The new now is a new way. It's a new path. It's a new perspective. And God wants us to change our perspective. Some of you, like this past Easter, this was the first time in 42 years that my wife did not go to a physical building to have church on Easter in 42 years of her life. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. And now that all changes. And now you're thinking, my routine's messed up. My tradition's messed up. God's like, no, you need to change your perspective because I'm about to do something new. Do you not see it? Do you not recognize it? Can you not look around and see that I'm up to something? Yes, God did not cause the virus, but he did allow it. Why? Because he's up to something new. He's up to something to be part of his plan. And he wants the church to understand, listen, we're not stopping. 
The church is not stopping and has not stopped. And listen to me, for some of you, we are not afraid. We are not afraid of a virus. Is it serious? Absolutely serious. Should we take it seriously? Absolutely, we should take it seriously. We understand that. But I am not afraid of, of a virus. Yes, I'll wear masks when I need to wear masks and when in places I social distance. Why? Wow, that's just the right thing to do. Right, we're trying to help. The church should be the group of people who do their very best to try to stop things from moving like this. Like we're gonna help out and be part of this. Not throw our religious rights up and what we can and can't do. We're not bowing down. We're not afraid of politicians. We're not afraid of what, so we're not bowing down worshiping false idols. But the church should not stop. The church should be on the forefront. The church should be the one people look and say, you know what, we're gonna help. We're gonna, do the, we're gonna do our very best to make a difference, to help this in some way. We're not afraid of this. Listen to me, my days have been numbered. My days have been numbered. And there's nothing, Jesus talked about, listen, why do you worry, Matthew 6, why do you worry? Because worrying you cannot add one second, one moment, one nano moment to your life. You cannot live longer by just worrying. I hope, I hope, and pray, I worry, I hurt, no, not me, not me. It ain't gonna fix it. So guess what? You do your very best, you take your best precautions, you help, and, and when you can help, you yield where you can yield. You submit when you can submit. You humble yourself. I just preached on this two weeks ago. You humble yourself, and guess what? The church can be the one who changes the world. We're not stopping. We're not retreating. We're not afraid. Some think we're afraid of the government. We're afraid of what we're not bowing down to legal stuff. We're doing what we believe is best for our region to help people in this community. Because if you think about our church, we've got a 13 to 14 county span. 13 to 14 counties drive to two of our physical locations. And we gotta figure out how do we steward that well and how do we set the example? But I know some of you haven't met together, but the church is still advancing. The church is not retreating. That's why it's the new now. Because the reality is, I'm gonna talk about this later. Jesus says, I'll build my church. I'm gonna do it. No one can stop me. The governor can't stop me. Politicians can't, the world can't. The devil can't even stop God's church. He can't stop it. It will go. The Red Sea, I'm gonna make a new way. I'm gonna make a new way. The Jordan, I'm gonna make a new way. We see all the way through this. Listen, in the wilderness, I'm gonna be a cloud by day. I'm gonna be a fire by night. I'm gonna guide you because I'm gonna make a way. The Romans seal the tomb, but I'm gonna send my boys down. They're gonna roll the stone away so you can get in and see that Jesus is alive. Where they may look like a dead end situation, God is in complete, utter control. So what are we gonna do? So what do we do in the new now? Well, I'm not gonna go back through verse by verse through Acts 2, but I think Acts 2 has a beautiful picture of what we should be doing right now in these times where we're not meeting physically in one large gathering as a body of believers. Here's some things. If you wanna go back and read through Acts chapter two, but some of the things, I'm just gonna highlight them for you. Here's what they did. They listened to God's word and they obeyed it. They, they got around and they listened. Sometimes some of these people, they, they, they couldn't read. They didn't have fragments of the Bible to read, so all they had to do was orally listen. And they got around somewhere and they listened to a teaching from the apostles from God's word. After that, they, they got down and they had fellowship with each other, which means a close association with mutual involvement. Think about that. Who's fellowshipping with you in your life? A close, if you think about it, a close association where you have mutual involvement in some form of fashion. That's what they were doing. They were fellowshipping together. They prayed together. They got together and they just prayed for one another and prayed for each other. They were so generous. They began to sell their lands and sell for their home and they began to help people who had needs. See, this is, as we think about this, this is the church that we should still listen to God's word, get in God's word. The difference is you actually have God's word. 
You could get in it every single day, anytime you want. You have God's word. They didn't. Get into God's word. Listen to God. Fellowship with some people. I'm going to talk about that just in a moment. Pray together. Continue to be generous. Oh, my gosh, because of the generosity of our church, we've been able to help thousands of people and minister to people like in ways that we never thought we could. I mean, God has really used that in a bit. This is what I see happening. And then they met in the temple courts. Don't miss this. That was plural. The temple had courts outside and where they would meet in the courts and do certain things, but there was 3,120 people. Man, they couldn't all meet in the court. They had to spread this out. And then here's what they did. After they left that, they said they met from house to house. And then that's when it hit me. This is the new now. This is the new way. This is the new perspective that you need to flip the script in your mind to see that God is up to something new. God doesn't care about the tradition. God doesn't care about, hey, what you think works don't work. His, his spirit is fluid and it will move as it moves and it's nothing has ever stopped it from moving, nor will it stop it from moving. But when I looked at this, this is the new way. How do you build community in such a COVID world? The number one thing I get when I meet you outside or I see you out in public or, or, or if we bump into each other or you've messaged me or texted me, here's what, here's what I get, here's what I get. Pastor, I just miss seeing people. I just miss seeing people. Yeah, we had fun singing, and, and it's good to see you live sometime because some people don't see me live. You watch the screen anyway. That's awesome. That's cool. But at the end of the day, I just miss seeing people. I just want to see people, man. I miss, and here's what you're trying to say. I miss community. I miss connection. I'm missing this fellowship where we have something in common, this mutual involvement and this close association. That's what you're longing that's what's in our hearts. That's how God wired us. And we thought, how can we help people do this? Let me tell you how we can help you do this. One of the greatest ways you could do this, exactly what they did then, is that we would meet from house to house. Now, for some of you, you're watching this on Facebook. For some of you, you probably know what Facebook is. And if you don't, okay, just it's 2020. Figure that out real quick, what Facebook is. And you're like, Facebook has created these things called watch parties. I didn't really know what a watch party is. I said, what's a watch party? You know, it sounds pretty cool. And basically, you invite your friends online with you, and you would watch something together. It could be anything. It could be a concert. It could be a teaching. It could be something you're trying to pay attention to. But you just kind of invite your team together, and it's just a closed kind of group. Say, hey, let's just watch this together. Awesome. What if we take that same concept? We are taking that same concept, and we want to extend it to you into your homes. We want you to create a watch party in person in your house, in your home, in your backyard, in your basement, in your driveway, in your garage, if you don't want them to come into the house. We want you to create these moments where you can get together and watch the service on Sunday with someone else besides just you. This, listen, I'm telling you what, this is gonna be the new now. This is the strategy we're gonna have until we open back up the facility. For some of you, you're watching in Colorado. Some of you right now, you're, you're watching in, in Indiana and in Illinois and in, in Arizona and out in the Phoenix area because I know because you, you email us, you let us know these things. And you're like, well, I can't ever be part of the physical location, but you can do this. Why don't you invite someone over on Sunday? So what we decided to do starting like now is that the 10 a.m. service is live. It's gonna be live. It's always live right here live. After that, it's gonna be on demand, just like if you would on Netflix or Roku or whatever, or YouTube, it's on demand. And here's the good news, you ready for this? Because all the parents, you gotta shout amen. I know if you're listening to this and you're rocking on a treadmill, maybe you're listening to the car, maybe you're, you're sitting on the, on the sofa still in your PJs, watch this. You're gonna be able to pause the sermon and the service. Is that not, come on, right now. I mean, that's worth it. That's just clap for that one. I know a family of four, right? Your daughter comes in. I don't know how to do the lesson. Ah, I can't pause it. 
I don't want to miss it, right? Right, I understand it. Guess what? We listen, we're going to make it on demand, which means this. You can watch it anytime you want on Sunday. Here's the new way, new perspective. Well, I church is Sunday morning, man. I just got to get up on Sunday morning. No, no, no. The church is when we, the people, gather together at home. And for some of you right now, you, you, you can't do it on Sunday morning. You work, but you could Sunday evening. Five o'clock, invite somebody over. We're going to have some burgers. We're going to watch the service. All it is is just watching the service with someone in your family. You can invite your parents over. You can invite your aunt, uncle, your grandparents over. You might want to invite your friends over, your close friend that you're friends with. Invite them over, let the kids play. They can play outside, and you can watch the service together. Listen, you may want to invite a neighbor. Be very evangelistic with it. Say, I've been wanting to invite my neighbor over. Hey, they haven't come to church. They said they will come when we open back up, but why don't you come over to my house, and let's watch this together. This is exactly what they did. They listened to the teaching. They had a watch party back in Acts 2. You know, they didn't call it watch party, but that's not the translation. If your translation says watch party, you probably need to get a new Bible translation. But anyway, that's what they did. They watched, they listened to the teaching, and they prayed together, and they just fellowshiped. That's what you're missing, and that's what you're longing. And you don't have to have this big building for that to happen in your life. And if you desire that and you long for that and you're comfortable for that, then here's the strategy. We're going to create watch parties. And we want you to be part of this where you can reach. I've already been asking you, hey, you want to be part of a watch party? You want to come to my house and watch it? You want to want your kids over? We can eat. We can schedule. Well, I mean, my kids can't get out of bed at 10. It's okay. Let's do it at 12. Why? It's on demand. Anytime on Sunday, you're going to grab somebody, a family member, a friend, a coworker, a coach, it doesn't matter. Your, your roommate, if you're going back to college, you're going to say, hey, let's watch this again. Just do it with somebody. Just have time to meet and fellowship with someone. So here's the immediate action I'm going to ask you to take in the new now, because this is just one of the strategies that we have. We've got so many things planned. This is just one of the strategies. But then now is that the, the thing we want you to do is that if you feel comfortable to do this, is that you would host a watch party. When I say host, all I mean is that you're going to invite some over to your house and watch the service anytime on Sunday, anytime. We're still going to have groups. Maybe your group wants to be part of a watch. This is different. This is different. This is where you're just going to watch the service together. You might you know, have some burgers together. You might have breakfast for brunch. Some of your early risers, you want to have breakfast, that's great. Um, I probably won't come to your watch party if that's you. Uh, but anyway, you know, but you want to do Sunday evening, do it at 6, do it at 7, whatever works for you. Some of you want to do it at the lake, do it at the lake. That's awesome. Go to the lake and do it. Send your pontoon boat. Get some people around. Let's watch on the phone. Just do it with somebody. Have the time that you will connect with somebody. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to let us know. Let me go to make this preference this, and then here's your, here's your step. We're all about taking next steps. For every one of you watching right now or listening, if we'd open up this Sunday and you would come back to the physical building, which statistically, statistically, nationwide, especially churches our side in a regional pool, if you think of a church our side, 1,500 plus people in a regional pool, about 20 to 25% of people are actually coming back in in-person gatherings, 20 to 25%. Now, we know that we're hungry and we know this is East Kentucky and we're gonna get in church. We could bump a little bit more than that, maybe 30 to 35% technically maybe would come back. But the reality is some people right now don't feel comfortable in large gatherings. So listen to me, if you would come back, you need to be the first person to sign up and spearhead this. If you say, I would show up next Sunday, if you open the doors, I'll be there. Mask, no mask, with the mask, no mask, it doesn't matter. I will be right there. If that is you, then you need to be the first ones to invite people next Sunday to your house. And here's how you can let us know that you're all in. You can say, Pastor, I'm with you heart and soul. I'm all in. I'm going to sell out to the strategy. We're going to create community. You have permission to do this. Here's what I want you to do. Right now, grab your phone. Some of you are on your phone anyway. It's okay. All right, you're forgiven. Grab your phone. Get your phone out right now. And I want you to text. 
party to this number right here. I want you to text. It's our, it's our BLC line, right? Here it is. Text the word party to 606-268-9436. Right now, text it. And here's what you're saying when you text. Pastor will let you know, I'm gonna find somebody and get them over on Sunday to watch the service. Anybody you want. Here's when you text. Leave that text up because I don't want to miss it. Text it right now, 606-268-9436. If you're listening to this and you're not watching it, one more time, 606-268-9436. Here's what you're saying. Hey, count on me. I'm going to find somebody. I might invite my parents over. Awesome. I might invite my grandparents over. That's great. Just invite someone over and build community. Do not do this alone. So every single one of you who would show up this Sunday if our doors were open, please, you should spearhead this. You should be the first people to jump on this. You know what? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's get people. Let's start small and watch it grow because it can. You know what else is crazy about this? Some of you right now, you're, you're listening to this in another county. You may be in the Mount Sterling area. You may be in the Lexington area, the Maysville area, the Huntington area, in the Eastern Kentucky area. I don't know where. Listen, around us. And God may use this, use you to invite people over to watch the service. And God could use you to maybe bring the vision of launching a campus in your city. Are you kidding me? That's how important, that's how crazy this is. That's how God wants to move in this new now, doing it a new way. If you would change, watch this, and have a new perspective that church doesn't have to happen always just in a large gathering. We missed that. We can't wait for that. But in the meantime, this is the now. Don't worry about the past. Can't look to the future. Now what do we do? We build community by creating these watch party moments. And you know what the Bible said happened? God was saving people every single day. The church is not dead. The church is not retreating. The church is advancing. This grassroots movements that no one sees happening, meeting in clusters all over, all over the place in your home. Maybe it's at the lake. Maybe it's somewhere else you want to meet. Don't have to meet in your home. Meet somewhere. It's outside right now while it's still pretty. You just say, I'm going to meet, and I'm going to invite someone over. And if that's you, here's what I want you to do. Text right now, party, to that number. Because here's what lets us know. You're with us, heart and soul. Hey, I'm going to be part of the new now. I'm going to be part of the movement of building community all over this region. And listen, I don't care if you're watching this from another state. I don't care if you're watching this from another country. We have people in other countries who watch this. Do this where you are now. You can do this now. Just invite someone over and let's watch the service together. Man, I'm really, that's the big one I'm super excited about, but we've got this great strategy and this digital strategy where we're gonna really just try to build connection points and build community all the way through it. Let's tell you something that come on August the 23rd. We're gonna have a baptism outdoor experience ready for this at the lake. That's right, at the lake. If you're in the Grayson area region, we're gonna do it at the Grayson Lake on August 23rd that evening. It's gonna be amazing. And if, you, if you're at the, the, the Moorhead area region, we're gonna do it at Cave Run Lake. It's gonna be amazing, August the 23rd. And if that's you and you wanna sign up to be part of it, maybe you've been in our baptism queue for a while because you've been waiting for us to do our baptism. Maybe like, you know what? I've never been baptized. Now's the time to be baptized in the lake. Let's go. That's gonna be amazing. Here's what I want you to do. Go to our website at www.betterlife.church slash baptism. Go to our website right now and you can sign up. You can pick Grayson, which means you're gonna do it at Grayson. You can pick Moorhead, which means you're gonna do it at Cave Run. And on August the 23rd, it is gonna be a blast. We're gonna have so much fun. Yes, we're gonna do it properly in a way that, you know, we're distance ourselves. But listen to me, if you wanna be baptized right now, go to our website, like right now, like literally right now. Go to our website and sign up for it because it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. That's just one of the things that are happening right now. September and August, we got some things planned for our kids that we can build community. Our youth, we got, oh my goodness, we got some great connection points. We're going to have it, listen, we're going to do a communion experience that you'll never forget. 
We're going to have a connection point where we build community in, a, in, in our communion experience. You're never going to forget. It's going to be the first time you've ever done anything like this. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm telling you, I can't wait. I wish we'd do it like now, like today, if we could do it. But listen, we're planning it out because we want you to stay connected and be connected with what God is doing here. And then there's that one thing in September. Oh, man. Oh, snap. There's that one thing. I can't believe we get to do this. I can't believe we get to be a part. I'm telling you what, this is going to be those one moments like, that's right, the church is being the church. And I'm telling you what, you don't, I, I, I want to tell you, but then you just tune me out. So you just hang tight. You better stay connected because, listen, the church is on the move and we're going with or without you, but we want you to go with us, man, because we believe that God is providing a new way in the new now. All you got to do is have have a new perspective that this is how we do church. This is how church is going to operate in the foreseeable future. Now, listen to me. I'm really excited about it. I know I only had one cup of coffee today, and I'm still really excited about this because here's what happens. We can do this. You can do this. And here's what I'm asking as your pastor. Listen, please, please, let's be the church. Yeah, I know we get to come here and have church, but when we leave this building, we get to be the church. Let's go be what God's always called us to be. And we don't need these, all this happening. Let's just, it's never been about a building. Y'all know that. We were portable for nine and a half years. It's never been about a building. It's about community, connections, changing people's lives. And speaking of changing people's lives, maybe you are sitting here and watching this or listening, and you've never got to the point in your own personal life where you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You never got to that point in your life. Listen, today is the day. I know you think about your past, you're not good enough. I know you think about the future, I can't live it. No, no, don't miss Jesus today. He is the resurrection. He is present. He is the new now in your life. How do I do that, Pastor? Well, the Bible says, if I will confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that that tomb, he got up out of that grave. Everybody thought it was dead, but he's alive. Here's what he said, if I will confess that and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, here it is, then you will be saved. And then this verse, my last verse, and I'm finished right here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Here it is. This is the new now for you spiritually. This is the new now for you personally if you will give your life to Jesus. Paul writes this. So then, if anyone's in Christ, if you just give your life to Jesus right now, you're in Christ. Anyone who is in Christ, you're now a new creation. What is old has passed away. The old is gone. Folks, this is the new. But what is new has come. Not only is there something new coming in our church, in our life, but watch this, the new is coming in your life. Because you imagine, here's what's new, that you get to get up every single day of your life knowing that every sin you've ever committed and every sin that you ever will commit is completely forgiven. Folks, if that doesn't bring a new now and a new perspective in your life, listen to me, never get over your salvation. Never get over what Jesus wants to in your life. And listen to me, church, I know we're going to talk about this. There's so many people on left and the right and mask and anti-mask and politics and conspiracy. We're going to address that. I'm going to talk about that. But let's just humble ourselves and be the church and do everything we can. Watch this. Not to advance our agenda, not to advance our view, but to advance the gospel by building communities house to house. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that's new every day. God, no one has ever led like this. This is uncharted times for us. The church has always had their back up against things all the way through church history. We know that. But for most of us, we never experienced this, never thought how to do it. But right now, we're gonna lean on you because you give us wisdom and you give us discernment. I pray for everyone listening right now. And Lord, we don't have to be afraid of man. We don't have to be afraid of the world. We don't have to be afraid of what's taking place. We're cautious, it's serious, but we don't have to be afraid. That's why in your word you say over and over, don't fear, don't be afraid. 
have courage. I'm with you. And God, we know you're with us. Now lead us, guide us, and direct us. And I pray as we go from house to house, we claim Acts 2, that you will save people every single day. We love you, Jesus. For it's your name we ask and we pray. Amen. Man, what an amazing message from Pastor Daniel. What a way to kick off right. a brand new series, awesome. new now. You know, I was just thinking, um, it's really just about perspective, right? right? You know, it feels like this, This for me, I was just sitting there as I was listening to the message. I was just thinking about how this whole time, it just feels like I've just kind of been waiting for everything just to kind of get back to normal, yeah. kind of get back into routine. But, but really, it's so much more than that. It just, for me, it feels uh, encouraging to just kind of have a, a fresh strategy, something new, yeah. let's go after it. Yeah, we're not playing defense, we're playing offense That's now. right. And yeah. I love uh, the verse. I mean, that was so cool, that verse in Isaiah, how it literally said, I have so many notes, I just wrote down in my phone, just taking notes, listening to it. But um, but one of them I just love there was the verse in Isaiah 43, 19, when it says, I'm gonna look, to, uh, look, I'm about to do something new now it begins to happen. I was yeah. like, that is so cool, along with yeah. the series title. So cool. And yeah. uh, that verse really drove it home for me yeah. that anytime that I feel like there's a dead end, you know, God is up to something. And you know, it even made me start to ask the question of what is God up to? Yeah. And uh, yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited uh, to talk about this with different people in the community. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And uh, if you gave your life to Jesus, if today is that day and you took the first step of salvation, we want to celebrate with you. And That's you can right. let us know by texting the word SAVED to the BLC text line, the numbers on the screen. We have some resources we want to send your way. And uh, we just want to celebrate this amazing right. step with you. Yeah. And uh, congratulations. We're so proud of you and we're excited and we know the best is yet to come. That's right. And, and like we've already said, we are a church that's all about taking next steps. We are here literally to help you follow Jesus. And that's really taking next steps one right after the other. And uh, so maybe salvation was your next step today, but there's so many others, maybe baptism, right? You've been saved uh, in the past, but you're ready to take that next step in baptism. Pastor Daniel, he kind of let the cat out of the bag there a little bit. August 23rd, we're gonna have uh, (laughs) our baptisms. We're gonna be doing that at Cave Run Lake, at Grayson Lake. And so you can sign up for that right now. Remember our app, you can find those next steps there, betterlife.church slash next steps. You can find those, sign up for those. There, but we also talked about the watch parties. Yeah. You know, uh, back on the sermon there, I was just, I, for me, I knew this, but it was just a really cool reminder. Like this is literally the strategy that the early church, like started yeah. the church, right? They met in homes. And so this is that. And so if, you, if you're saying, man, sign me up, we want to know about that. We want to resource you. So text party once again to our text yeah. line, 606-268-9436. Text that word party. And what's going to happen is you're going to get a link. Don't just text the word and go away, right? You're going to get a link <laughs> yeah. and uh, you're going to click on that link and you're going to be able to give us some information there. And we've prepared a box for you. You're awesome. going to be able to come by your nearest campus at Moorhead or Grayson. Come by, pick one of those boxes yeah. up. And uh, if you don't live uh, anywhere close, we'll ship it to you. Uh, but there's all kinds of great resources in there. We are here for you to, to set you up for success, but we cannot wait to see what God's gonna do through It's gonna be party. amazing. And I know um, one of the things that I've been encouraged with and I've been talking to the youth team about is that it's, it's just like God to use this time where we're, everyone is emphasizing social distancing mm-hmm. and this digital way of doing church 
to actually bring people closer in yeah. community. Yeah. And it's so ironic, but yeah. I really believe that it's going to happen. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, and it's just like God yeah. to do something like that. Yeah. So unexpected. And, and we need community. We right? do. We, we are not meant to do this life alone. So find somebody, yeah. and like like Pastor, maybe it is just your family. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, your friend, your neighbor, your parents. But don't do church alone. Don't do life alone. That's right. And, uh, and a really awesome another next step too. Um, if you would like to support uh, the ministry of Better Life Church financially, you can go to betterlife.church/give now, and uh, you can uh, support. Uh, the, the, the church, the ministry financially there by giving your that's tithes right. and offerings. Again, that's yep. betterlife.church slash give now. Thank you all so much for your continued generosity during this time. And I cannot believe that our time is up yep. another week in the books. It's been so uh, great worshiping together with you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us online. And we can't wait to see you right back here next week.